This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, good afternoon. Welcome to another special edition of Leicester Fan TV. We're here this afternoon. Hope you're all safe and well. We're here this afternoon with Keith Gillespie. Should be joining us very, very shortly. Keith played for Leicester between 2003 and 2005. Uh, get your questions into Keith. We want to know exactly whatever you want to ask him. Keith has said nothing's off limits. Well, nothing too much, but uh, there's some good stories from that period. Some interesting times at what was the Walker Stadium, obviously now the King Power. But yes, Keith was with us between 2003-2005, had lots of other performances for some big teams, including Blackburn, of course. So we'll want to know a bit about that time. But this is Leicester Fan TV. This is your show. Get your views, your comments in. Right, let's start with a few hellos. Good afternoon to Josh Sportser, who does videos for us on YouTube. Go and follow Sportser and check out his latest video, which was on Philip Coutinho for us. So good afternoon to Taj, watching on YouTube. How are you? We are streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Periscope. Jack's watching on Facebook. Good afternoon, Jack. What would you like to ask, Jack? What would you like to ask, Keith Gillespie? Uh, Callum is watching. So is Bradley Norman. Matt is watching. Good afternoon, Matty Bond, Sean Culpin. Sean, how are you? Get your views in, get your comments in. What would you like to ask Keith Gillespie? Uh, Peter's watching. Craig's watching. I'm going to try and get as many of these on screen, all your questions in. But before we waste too much time, let's get Jamie in from the Fox's Arms. Hi, Jamie. Afternoon, Phil. It's not a waste of time when I come on, is it? Of course it's not. <laughs> I hope you're well, Jamie. Look, I'm good. I'm fine. Weather's not too good. Not here, but back home it's meant to be pretty damn good there for you, isn't it? But yes. Yeah, I'm growing a tash. It's my kind of November. Yeah, it's November. It's May. It's November in May, yes. Mayvember. May- I can't. I'll go. <laughs> what, Jamie, let's stop messing Boom. around. Keith right, Gillespie. Yes. Right. Okay, then. Right. We've all got we've got Keith Gillespie on. He uh, 
Mickey Adams signed him from Blackburn in 2003, July 2003, 17 years ago. I didn't realise it was that long ago on a free transfer. Uh, he was only here for two years. Uh, and that in the August of 05, he left us to go to Sheffield United. The first year, unfortunately, which was the Premiership year, we went down. Um, and then the following year in the Championship, we finished 15th that season. And just on a little personal note, he scored the last goal I saw as a season ticket holder in 2005 versus Crew before I moved out to Alcudia. Before you moved to Spain. So. Before I moved to Spain, yes. Let's bring him in. Hopefully, Keith is there with us. Keith, how are you? Hi, guys. How are you doing? How are you, Keith? You all right? How's things okay? Yeah, really good. Are you keeping really safe, safe, Keith, during all this lockdown? Yeah, it's, it's strange times for everyone, but I think um, we know where we are. We just have to sort of try and abide by the rules and hopefully uh, in the not-too-distant future we'll be back to a little bit of normality. I don't think it'll go back to full normal normality for quite a while, but, you know, it, it is what it is at the minute and you know, the most important thing is, is people being safe out there. Absolutely. Jamie, Very do you true. want to fire away Very with true. a question? Yes. I'll go. Right. When, when, how did, when you came to Leicester in, in the, uh, 2003, how did Mickey Adams persuade you to leave Blackburn to come to Leicester? Well, I, I was out of contract at, um, at Blackburn at the time, and um, they hadn't offered me a new contract. Um, Leicester had just got promoted, and... You know, I'd, I'd had a decent enough season at, at, at Blackburn and obviously still playing in the Premiership. You know, I was an established Premiership player. So mm. I knew, you know, the, the, the fact that Leicester had just got promoted and they had some fantastic players and I knew that they would go out and, and, and strengthen that. You know, and you, you see when they go out and buy people like Les Ferdinand, who I knew very well. And there was other players at that time who, who were signing for the club, like... Um, uh, Steve Howey was signing, who I knew from Newcastle. Billy McKinley was already there, for, who I knew from from Blackburn. So, it was a it, it was a new challenge for me. You know, you're you're going to a new club and you wanna you wanna succeed. You wanna stay in the Premiership, and and Leicester had obviously just got promoted there. So, it was a new challenge for me and uh, one that uh, I was looking forward to. But unfortunately, it probably didn't pan out as as well as I would have would have wanted. Obviously. Because obviously you'd come from Blackburn, it was one of probably your most famous club, I would guess, that most people would associate you with, with winning the Premier League there, Keith. I mean, no, how... to be fair, I, I actually didn't win the Premier League there. Oh, you came just <laughs> after. Sorry, mate. Yes, sorry. I, ju I came just after. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's no Premiership medals for me. Um, <laughs> three, three of the clubs that I actually played for have won the Premier League, and I wasn't there at any of those times. So <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you were you were part of the class of '92 at Man U, though, weren't you? You were the Youth Cup winners and all that. You had that the big group of uh, like Beckham and Scholes and everyone. You were part of that, though, weren't you? If I remember rightly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know that was a. You know, a one-off that type of group. You know, Beckham, Skulls, Nicky Buck, Gary Neville, um, Rob Savage was part of that as well. Um, you know, there was it was an incredible group to sort of come through all at once. And you and you know, you only need to look at what happened to Man U after with, you know, with the, Ryan Giggs was in that as well. So you you look at Ryan Giggs, Paul Skulls, Gary Neville, you know, David Beckham. You know, the amount of money that they saved bringing players through, and, and you know, it was absolutely crazy. And it was it was great to be a part of and. You know, unfortunately, I didn't stay at Man United that long then because um, I moved to Newcastle um, for for reasons then because of, of European football where, where Man United needed an English striker and me being from Northern Ireland, I was classified as a foreigner. So I was uh, I was deemed to make weight in that deal, which, which sent me to Newcastle. 
that's often a side, Keith, of football that fans don't really understand. I know there's financial fair play nowadays and all this, but making sure you keep within the regulations to having the right nationality of players in there, it's quite complex, isn't it? It is. I mean, certainly back then, um, I, I think you were allowed three foreigners in, in European football and, and they called this thing assimilated, um, two assimilated players. But when you look at the squad that Man United had, and you're talking Schmeichel and Kinchelskis and Mark Hughes, uh, McLare, Roy Keane, Eric Cantona, you know, Giggs, you know, I've mentioned seven there straight away, and you're only allowed sort of three, three of those, um, you know, to play. So um, Alex Ferguson realised he needed to get um, an English striker in, and you know, I was, uh, I was the makeaway at that. But it, you know, it, it, it is something that clubs need to to be aware of. You know that in terms of the, the, the fair play thing and stuff. But, um, you know, back then, it, it it obviously cost me. Although in saying that, it was my decision to, to go to Newcastle in the end. I could have turned around and said no, but i just seen that as a great opportunity to go to a big club like Newcastle and work under somebody like, um, like Kevin Keegan. Well, Jack, that leads us nicely into Jack Marson's question. And, and again, this is generally, he says... who. Who would you say is the best manager you've played with? Because Keith, you played under quite a few at some big, big clubs. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate in terms of names that I can sort of rhyme off. I mean, the sort of first five that that, that I had was was Alex Ferguson, Kevin Keegan, Kenny Daglish, Ruud Hullett, and Graham Souness. That's not um, a bad list. That's yeah. not a bad you list. Don't need to go, you don't need to go any further now, do you? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're obviously five, five big names. Um, you know, Alex Ferguson was great with me, absolutely superb, and bring and the way he brought us through as a, as a group. But my 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 best um, was was Kevin Keegan, and that was more to do with his man management style. Um, he could make you feel like you were the best player in the world. And team talks were very, very simple. But I suppose when when the team's doing well, like we were in '95, '96. You know, it's quite easy to do team talks if, you, if, if you're coming off victories every week. But, you know, w- 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 he sort of would just come in the change room and, you know, it'd be a case of a three-minute team talk. Um, and it, sometimes he would get the other team up on a board and he would go along the team so he would. And he would go, he wouldn't get my team, he wouldn't get my team, he wouldn't get... And go all the way down this team. And the only time, one time where he did say was when we were playing Blackburn and he got the number nine. He said, Alan Shearer was there. He says, he might... But um, <laughs> I think he might but, get in anybody's team. Yeah, exactly. But uh, his big strengths was then he would go around the dressing room and um, you know an arm around the shoulder and you know just by talking to you for twenty seconds, you know you'd you'd just want to run through brick walls for him. And you know tactically, you know it's been said that he was he was a little bit naive in that season. But I think in terms of what he did with Newcastle when he took over, I think in 1992, they were very close to getting into the old third division yeah. within three, three years, you know, we were, we were fine for the premier league title. So it was an incredible sort of transformation he did there. And, and a person who, who wore his heart and his sleeve. Joanna is watching. Just, she oh, says, I was just going to say, just to follow that on, she says her dad's a Geordie and kept an eye on Newcastle United, even though she's a Leicester fan. And she says, you once said at Newcastle, you would have played for Kevin Keegan forever if you could. Uh, and, and she asks just a final bit, how was he compared to, I think, under Kenny Dalgleish? Yeah, I, that, that's very true. Yeah, I would have played with, under Kevin for, forever. You know, just the words that I've said there. And, you know, and, and everyone felt that way. Um, you know, I think if you hear Les Ferdinand talking about him as well, you know the stuff that he that he can say, um, but you know it, it was one of those where 
you know, you've, you're so disappointed when, when Kevin leaves and then you think, oh, Kenny's coming in and that's just the perfect, you know, f- yeah, fit. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out like that. And, you know, my relationship with Kenny was absolutely fantastic. But, you know, it's, it's you know, replacing Kevin Keegan at, at Newcastle is like trying to replace Alex Ferguson at Man United. That's how, that's yeah. what it is like. And that's how it's much loved he was at Newcastle. And, you know, Ke- Ke- Kenny still took us to Champions League football. We finished, you know, he took over in the January time and we finished second that, that year and we qualified for the Champions League. So there was that success. He took us to to an FA Cup <coughs> final as well um, you know so there was that success but it, it was at a price where we probably didn't play the same entertaining football as we did under under Kevin Keegan Jamie just go, just talking about managers you, Mickey Adams signed you but you played under Craig Levine as well how did their styles compare As because to us they seem like two totally different managers yeah you know um, Mickey when I came in you know, obviously when you signed for the club you you know, you get your chance, and unfortunately, I didn't really perform too well in 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 the early days. Um, you know, and it was tough then for me because you know, you train you train all week, and and you're not just not playing on a on a uh, on a Saturday, and you know, you just become a little bit disillusioned with things, and it, you know, it is very tough. But um, I, I enjoyed Mickey. I, I you know, I, I thought his training was great. He had a great staff there. You know, likes Alan Cork. Um, you know, and then obviously Craig Levine comes in, and you know he's such a hard taskmaster. Really, he would really frighten you at times. <laughs> you know, so you didn't <laughs> want to get on. You didn't want to get on the on the on the wrong side of him. But he he was great for me because when 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 Mickey left, I wasn't featuring too often, and and Craig comes in and puts me straight into the team. And you know that season, um, although I left the club at the end of the season, you know I I got supporters player of the year, um, so. He was great for me in, in, in terms of getting me back playing again. Um, but as I say, he was, a, he was quite a scary individual. <laughs> Typical jock then, is he? Quite yeah, scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, if you can get this comment up, Peter Shelley, he's asked, who's the best player you've played with in a Leicester shirt? Oh, that's, very, uh, that's a very good question. Because um, you had like two get... different... You had the Premiership team and the Championship team, didn't you? So it was like two different... Yeah, I you know I I think I would probably go with Muzzy, is it? You know, Muzzy was just I never realised how good Muzzy was until I come to the club and I played against him a few times. But just seeing him in training and everything, you know, he was exceptional. Um, you know, as I said, you know, he probably didn't get the plaudits he deserved from, from outside of Leicester. Um, you know, I think at Leicester, the Leicester people appreciated what it, what a you know, yeah. fantastic player he was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, outside of that, he probably didn't get that. And you only sort of realise sometimes how good players are when when you actually play alongside them. You know, and it's happened to me numerous times over my career. You know, at, at Newcastle, I played alongside David Batty. I never realised how good David Batty was. You know, people just yes. thought he was one of these people who would run about kicking people. Left foot, right foot, he could <laughs> pass a ball, you know, like like no other. Um, you know, and that's the same with Muzzy. Muzzy was just a, a fantastic player, but you know, there was obviously other players in, in that side as well who, you know, were, were you know, great players. You know, uh, uh, Les obviously is one of them, yeah. but you know, he's obviously coming towards the end of his career. <clears throat> but when I was at Newcastle with Les, he was absolutely fire, sensational. Wasn't he there? Yeah. sensational. Uh, it's interesting, Keith, that you picked Muzzy, is it there? Because he was, um, 
we've interviewed quite a few players over the last couple of weeks and a lot of pick Muzzy, those who played with him as as really rated him highly as like you say in training you did sort of come when you came to Leicester it was we were a club sort of in some sorts of turmoil in those early early years from 2000s just before you joined um, the club had been going through administration we'd moved to a new ground which seemed strange coming from I'm sure you played at the old Filbert Street yeah. um, back in your days, probably at Blackburn and that, which, so moving into one of these new, we're all used to it now, but a new stadium. Uh, did you feel like the club was in transition? Obviously we were a Premier League side when you came, but then went down to the championship. It was, it was definitely Leicester on the feeling like we were going downwards a bit. It yes. Was a, um, I, I know what you mean. I think, you know, the, the, they've done a fantastic job to get them promoted to the Premiership and yeah. you know, I remember watching quite a few of those games on, on, on Sky they were you know they were you know quite high scoring games at times I think as far as I remember and they, they, they scored a lot of goals but um, you know when you, when you when you get promoted to the Premiership I think that the, the, the most important thing to do is, is the stability of the club then where you want to remain in the Premiership that first season and that's where p- clubs you know tend to struggle quite a bit when they come up to get that first season where they can stay in the Premiership and then they can try and kick on, you know, for a team that gets promoted to, to the Premiership, seventeenth is, is is a great finishing position because then you got so much to build on after year after. And unfortunately, you know, we we, we did get relegated, uh, but you know the league table doesn't lie. You know, there's certain games where you think you should have got more out of it, um, and. You know, you just don't get the rub of the green. But you know, the league table doesn't lie at the end of the season. You know, we we were rightfully relegated, and you know, it was unfortunate then because you know the club then struggled the following season. And it's the same when you actually get um, relegated from from the Premiership. You know, the first season is the one where you want to get back up to the Premiership because you know for a fact it's just going to get harder and harder. And you know, that's the way it was for a while. It's, I've got a tough tough question for you, Keith. Maybe maybe it's not. Relegation that season, there was the the Lomanga incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to get too much into it, but did did that did that have an effect on on the team? It must have had an effect. You, you know, of course, it has an effect around the whole club and the, the whole city, pretty much. Um, but you know, it was it, it was March time at, the, at at that you know when, yes. it, when it did happen. You know, so we're we're approaching the sort of end of the season. Um, you know. Eight of us at first, you know, involved and, and, and you know, arrested. Which, you know, looking back on it, you know, it, I still can't believe that it actually came to that where we where we spent time yeah. in prison. And I think most people are are privy to that. You know, it was yeah. an absolute load of nonsense. You know, yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. completely thrown out. Ex- well, exactly. <clears throat> that that was only good. But you're you're, you're tarnished. Yeah. You know, from from the very yeah. start and. That was the hard thing, and it was very difficult for, you know, the the three players who actually spent the the, the time yeah. in, in in jail, you know, which was Frank, uh, Dicko, and and myself. So that was hard. But probably out of those three, Dicko was the only regular, um, and you know, he was the one who who you wanted in your your side for a relegation scrap, you know, more more than anyone. And um, so, you know, maybe his form was was affected a little bit, um, and. You know, who knows if this didn't happen, we might have got out of it. But you know, it's 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 necessary. I mean, it's probably all ifs and buts as far yes. as I'm concerned, because yeah, yeah. you just don't know what would have happened, uh, whether we'd have stayed up or not. Um, so I, we probably can't just blame the manga no. for that. But it obviously did have some implications on on the football club. 
Yeah, Jamie? Adrian's just asked a question. You're talking about having tough times then. Adrian Barnley's just asked, who was the toughest tackling opponent opponent that you've come <laughs> up against? Um <laughs> Uh, being know, on the probably... wing and that you must have had <laughs> yeah. nasty yeah some abuse yeah, some on that wing <laughs> old school fullbacks yeah well you know, yeah. Probably, probably the worst of those was probably Stuart Pearce I was just um, going to say Stuart Pearce oh, yeah. straight to mind and, and, and it was funny because he actually would encourage you to sort of be kicking him back and, it, and that was <laughs> and it, honestly and I, and I would have I would have done that but I think it was more so that he could actually kick you back even harder. You yeah, know, he wanted it. Yeah. Honestly, he, he, he just loved the physical, physical battle. Um, and, you know, I played against him quite a few times. And then I had him as a teammate as, um, at Newcastle um, at the end of his career. Um, you know, so I was pretty pleased about that until I had to come up against him in training at times. <laughs> Here's a, uh, we've had a question here from uh, Sam Bailey, who's watching X, X Factor winner. Sam Bailey says... Keith, can you pick a starting eleven of players you? I'm going to slightly change it. Players you played with at at, no, no, or at, at anywhere. Oh, anywhere. Oh, right. Yeah. Because um, there's some illustrious, okay. so many illustrious players. Yeah. Um, goals would be Peter Smigel. Um That's a, that's a good name to mention on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> let me think. Right back be Gary Neville. Um, yeah, left back Dennis Irwin, fantastic. Uh, yeah, centre halves would be Philippe Albert and from Newcastle, um, yeah. Gary Pallister. Yeah, midfield would be uh, played with him at Blackburn, two guy. People don't realize how good a player he actually was, he was just an incredible player. Um, the Turkish lad, um, yes, I'd have uh, Keane, uh, Roy Keane and Paul Scholes. And then I'd have three up top. I'd have Ferdinand, Shearer, and Cantona. That's not a bad side, to be fair. <laughs> no, not really. I don't, I don't, <laughs> not I'm having to leave out so many players. Yeah. There, you know, I'm thinking like you're leaving out Beckham, you're leaving out Giggs, you're leaving out Peter Beardsley. You know, so <laughs> it is very, very tough. Yeah, At least you mentioned Les Ferdinand in there. So we've got one Leicester player in there. So yeah, well, yeah. You know, because... At the time when I was at Leicester, the two years, obviously one of those was was, was yeah. spent in in the championship, and you know I didn't I didn't play that many games in the Premiership season because I, yeah. I was that awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know it's uh, we've got Les in there who who was as I mentioned before absolutely fantastic to play with, and you know you can imagine in his earlier days, you know, all you had to do was just get get the ball into the box and. You know, he was like a salmon in there. He just got on the end of everything. Uh, Joanna's asking uh, Keith, who do you actually support? Well, uh, you know, I grew up. Um, I grew up a Man United fan, so yes. it was it was my ultimate dream, you know, coming true when I, when I went to Man United and, and played for them. So I was I was very fortunate, and you know that that doesn't happen to too many people where they get to play for the club that they support. So, but I must say, I, I do follow. Um, I do follow all the clubs that I played for. You know, because you have you have a little bit of you, and you know you take a little bit of that club out of you when you leave every single time, no matter where you are, and be it Newcastle, Blackburn, Leicester. You know, it's fantastic. You know to see how Leicester were doing this season before um, before this sort of virus came along, pandemic, yeah. um, and you know I think the, the the Leicester fans, 
you know, I know they were in Dreamland a, a few years ago, but it's nice, you know, that it's not just a flash in the pan now where they're, you know, back up into the top four because, you know, everyone was as, as shocked as, as most in terms of winning the Premiership because we didn't think that was possible. Um, and we were as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's just incredible that they, that they managed to maintain that. And I mean, know, absolutely. The similarities to when you, like you say, when you're playing at uh, Newcastle in that period where Newcastle got right up the top. Le- Leicester fans, I think we were, of course, like the world, surprised when we won the Premier League. But we are now starting to believe perhaps we could become a top six side, maybe top four. The same as like at that period you were in Newcastle. Do you think Leicester can break in through those big clubs or do you think it's going to be a real tough one even at this stage? No, I, I definitely think they can. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, the, the work that Brandon Rogers done has been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and I'm sure there was a little bit worrying times when, when Arsenal were sort of uh, sniffing around. There was talk that he might go there. Um, but thankfully, um, he stayed at, at, at Leicester. And, you know, as I say, the season's been, been fantastic. The, you know, the one thing that you want to do is... is is be competitive in and around that top six. That's what every club, you know, strives for. Um, you know, I say every club. I mean the clubs who are sort of outside, sort of the elite, shall we say? So Leicester have have got every chance of of staying there and maintaining that. And you know, if the season gets played out, and you know, you look at you know Champions League football again. You know, I'm sure that Leicester the Leicester fans enjoyed that that period of playing Champions League football, and they probably never thought that. That that would come along, whether they no. qualify for the for the Champions League, even yeah. by finishing, even by finishing in the top four, never mind winning the league. So yeah, you know it's um, yeah, you, you can sort of look back and go, um, well, with them winning the league, you know that have have they reached the pinnacle? You know, are, are Leicester fans like, well, we're not going to do that again? You know, you just never know what can happen. Jamie, you never do. Right, we've talked about old school football on that. What are you actually doing yourself nowadays? Are you still in it, or are you just doing something totally different? Yeah, no, I'm I'm involved in the uh, the agency side of things now, looking after players, um, quite a few young players. Um, you know, obviously playing the game, you have an agent yourself, and and you understand. You know, I understood what I wanted from my agent in terms of looking after me. So now I, I want to take that and and. You know, treat players the way that they should be treated. Because let let let's be honest, you know, football agents. There's not a lot of credibility with football agents because, mm-hmm. and and rightfully so because I've seen it myself. They're just in it for for the money. And with myself and my business partner, we, we want to build up relationship with the players. Where you know you ring them up every week, you know, just for a, a chat, be a two minute chat, just to have that. You know, connection with them and 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 friendliness. Where, where it's you sort of helping them through it, Keith. Almost, well, yeah, it, mentoring them almost, maybe. Well, it, it, exactly. Um, and and because I've been involved and I've had sort of ups and downs. You know, if they want to speak to me, they can ring me. That that's what I want. And you know, there's plenty of agents out there who who you know sign a player up and look after them. They don't speak to them for six months, and then all of a sudden there's a new contract to be negotiated, and and they're on the phone. But players. You know, footballers are not deemed to be the brightest, and you know they just accept this. You know, and we want to, we you know we want to build a relationship with not only not only the young players at times, you know, because they can be sort of 18, 17, 16, whatever. You know, you want to build that relationship with their family, where their family trust you as well, that you they know that you're going to look after them in, in the best possible way. 
So I guess the next question is, uh, have you got any nice young talent that Leicester <laughs> should be looking at? <laughs> well, it's funny. The, the, one, one of the, the best ones we got, um, Brendan would actually know him uh, because uh, he's up at Celtic. Um, he's only uh, sort of 17, 18. So Brendan would actually know him because he had him up there and he was the one that signed him. I'm writing so, this down. Um, <laughs> yeah. give, so give, us his name. give us his name. He, He's, he's called Ben Wiley. He's, uh, he's only uh, he's he's not eighteen until the end of June here, but he's making uh, great strides at the minute. So um, Brendan would be well aware of him, as I say, because he he did sign him. So we we do have high high hopes for him. Well, I made do you go back to Leicester? <laughs> do you go back to Leicester much to watch the ga- any Leicester games recently uh, or since you've left? The last time I was there was um, was a couple of years ago. Um, they played. Um, I think it was West Brom. It was a it was one each. It was a it was a midweek game. I, I think um, Leicester got a really really late equaliser. I think it was the last minute. Um, Sounds like nothing Leicester. new there then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that yeah, was the last time, and uh, it was nice because I bumped into uh, to Matt Elliott, who I hadn't seen for a while, um, and I bumped into Jerry Taggart, who I obviously know from from Leicester and Big Northern Jerry. Days. Big, Big Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> you know. So um, two great lads. So it's always nice to. Uh, you know, to see ex teammates. Because obviously, Keith, I was just going to say, we haven't touched on it. You, you played for Northern Ireland, I think, over 80 times, wasn't it? About 85, 86 times. 86, yeah. yeah. 86 times. Fantastic so. international career. What? Yeah. Can you pick out some of the highlights of your international career? Please? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my, my debut for, for Northern Ireland was actually September the 7th, 1984, against Portugal. And you're playing against the likes of people like Figo. And yeah. it's funny because. You fast forward the same date, September the 7th, 2005, and we played England at Windsor Park and we beat them 1-0. Um, yeah. You know, an England side that, you know, it was the golden generation with yeah. with the players they had, um, you know, Beckham and Lampard and Gerrard and Owen and Rooney. And, you know, absolutely fantastic side. And we beat them 1-0. And then a year, nearly a year to the day later, September the 6th, um, we beat Spain at home. <clears throat> A side then that never lost for three yeah. years, and you're talking, you know, players like Xavi and David Villa and Casillas and Iniesta, and absolutely fantastic side. It was a side then, as I say, never lost for three years, and we beat them three two at, at Windsor Park. And you know, we're we're such a small nation, but we're very very proud of in, in what we can achieve at times because you know we've we've produced some big sportsmen over the years. You only have to look at the likes of George Best and. People like Alex Higgins, you know, two of the biggest names in their in their sport. Um, yeah. You know, even even boxers down the down the years where, you know, you Barry McGuigans and you know Carl Frampton at the minute. You know, so we're we're very proud of our, our our sportsmen. So when we when we do sort of, you know, there's times where we do do better than what we should. Um, you know, and that is beating England and beating Spain because you know yeah. that shouldn't happen too often, and obviously no, it doesn't. Not really. You know, it's great to great to look back in those times with with a lot of you know great memories. You scored over thirty goals good. in your professional career, Keith. Was there um, a, a couple you can pick out, or one that you think that was the? Um, it's my I money th- shot. That I, one. I think probably the best the best one to score for Leicester actually was what in the uh, in the championship it was a volley against yes. West Ham um, from yeah. outside the box and yeah, the ball that. just the ball never touched from Winnie and Walker. You know, um, kicked it down the pitch. The ball never hit the uh, hit the ground until it went into the back of the net, which yep. is the, 
the weird thing, but um, that was uh, that was yeah, one of the best. But it's, I mean, over thirty, it's not that many. Over the sort of years that I played, I was, I was proud predominantly sort of a provider of goals probably yes. more than and yeah. it's funny because when you when you you get as much enjoyment from providing a goal a goal as you do actually scoring it um yeah you know I, after i i am my second cap for for northern ireland i scored away in austria after two minutes and it was a goal that was in match of the days you know top 10 for for goal of the month um, and i remember coming back and i hadn't scored for for man United at that stage and I hadn't even uh, made my league debut for them, um, and Alex Ferguson said, "Any chance of you doing that for us?" And three weeks later, <laughs> I, I, three weeks later, I scored against Newcastle. So I had I had both goals actually in goal of the month. I, I didn't win it, but it was nice to get two in yeah. the uh, two in the one month. But as I say, I did get a lot of enjoyment out of you know providing goals as as much as scoring them. Jamie, just yeah, just before we ask the last last question. This the one we always ask. Did you, uh, Jack Marson's just asked, did you have any superstitions before the games, before your games? Yeah, um, you know, f- footballers are so strange at times with superstitions. And, you know, I, I always wore, um, I always wore long sleeve shirts, um, you know, be it in the summer, be it in the winter. It was quite, ha- it was quite handy when I lived in Newcastle because of, <laughs> the, of how cold it was up there in the winter to be wearing long sleeve. But, you know, even stupid things, if, if we'd won the week before and I'd played well and I would go, what did I have from a pre-match that last week? And I would have the same thing. And, you know, even just, um, you know, leaving the house to go to the game at, at, what whatever time I'd left at the previous week, I would make a note of it and go, right, I must remember that. I'll leave at the same time next week if, if things go well today. So just really stupid, stupid little things. But I think all footballers are like that. Jamie? Uh, are we going to ask the last question then, Phil, shall we? Yeah, fire away. Yeah. The last question, we always ask this one, Keith, is how would you finish the season? How would the Premiership be finished oh. in your with you, in your opinion? Um. I'd love it not to be played because I really detest Liverpool and I would not want them to win the league. I've got too many. You're, you're not the only one that said that. Ben Surprise said exactly the same thing. Um, I've got too many friends who are Liverpool fans and I've been able to give them stick for thirty years, so I have. So they're starting to uh, they're starting to annoy me a little bit this season. See, you say cancelled. Yeah, you know they 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 rightfully deserve the league, but. You know, the, you can't just give them the league until it's mathematically, you know, safe. Um, how they're going to do it, I just do not know. And um, you know, I'm sure Leicester fans want <clears throat> want to get the the season to be played to finish because of of the situation they're in. But then you can understand um, clubs who are fighting relegation why they would turn around and and, and vote against it. You know, so you know what what decision they're going to make. You know, I just do not know. I know obviously that they'll want to 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 get it played and everything, but how they're going to go about it, you know, I just don't know. And you and you can take into consideration, you know, players are out of contract on 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 June the thirtieth. You know, players are not going to want to be playing in July. You know, if they're out of contract on, in June, because they're they're, they're prospective buyers are going to be coming in to buy them, and you won't want to get injured. You know, so you've got decisions like that to make, and there's so many. There's thousands of players will be out of contract throughout the country on June the thirtieth. You know, and I can you can understand why they wouldn't want to, you know, play on if if you know there's a chance that they could, could you know could get injured and 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 you know prospective buyers wouldn't wouldn't buy them then. 
Yeah, because Keith, again, from the agent's point of view, I suppose that's a, that's a massive concern us fans wouldn't think about is the fact, because we could quickly come back and say, oh, put those players on short-term contracts, but no player would want a short-term contract, would they? Well, well, exactly. You know, people would go, we'll put them on a week-to-week. It's, it's still the same thing. <laughs> you know, unless you've got the shoe, you're not going to play. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, it is their livelihood. And if if you play in, in, in July and your contract had run out in June, you get a career ending injury, you can't play again. You know, you're absolutely snookered. So it is a it is a tough decision for, for everyone involved. It's a great point, and uh, one one I hadn't considered myself about how players on no, thought of that one you know, at the end of their contracts would mm-hmm. be so. Listen, Keith, we've had loads of comments, loads of Leicester fans saying thanks so much for coming on and joining us. They've loved listening to you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Keith. You're welcome, pal. Thank you. you. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, mate. Thank you. All all the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers. We'll let Keith go there. Well, that was absolutely fantastic, That was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, great. That was a good one. Very open, and I, I love the fact that he was giving us a slightly different opinions as well on from the no, agent Le, side Le that he's in now. Oh, agent, bit, I was well, about Le I'm still thinking of that. We got the question in. Um, we did. And, See the uh, other two, Tom and Lee didn't want to come on because they didn't want to ask that today, did they? They were too nervous. And it was interesting. Uh, I loved it when we asked him, what do you want to do with the end of the season? He's just, he's, he's a Man U fan. I don't want Liverpool <laughs> to win it, so let's end it. <laughs> That's two in it. Spencer Pryor and Chappet and uh, yeah. Keith Gillespie Keith today. Gillespie. They both said, let's put it on for another year. 31 years instead of 30. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Right then, Jamie. Thanks a lot for joining yes. us uh, oh, Monday night. Monday night. Well, it's normally the bloke that organises it. Well, Chappie's not here today. So it is Pontus Camark. Monday night at half seven. That should be good. We're just going to talk about that Middlesbrough game, aren't we, for like 30 minutes? Yeah. You, we'll just put the whole video, whole game on and we'll just talk over it. Well, uh, that's obviously Pontus Camart marking out Janino, who was a fantastic player for With his uh, Brazilian. With his eyes. Yeah. He I, obviously, it, yeah. Pontus had a big career. I believe he <clears throat> played for Sweden as well, didn't he, internationally? Yes. So, so we've got quite to a lot to talk about. to him about. Oh, absolutely. Right. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. T- keep safe. You're welcome. Oh, See you later. Yeah. Adios. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Um. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll... Let the fans ha- see my face once again. If they've okay. not seen it enough this week already, I know, I know. It's every day, Jamie. This the fifth. Yeah, and it is. This face for radio is coming to face for live internet. Well, you're trying to cover it over with that ridiculous moustache. Thanks, Jamie, for joining us. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, uh, right, right, that, that's Jamie. He's off. Uh, back to sunny Spain. Uh, thanks for all your comments, all your views. Uh, thanks, Sean, for all your comments. Uh, Joanna, uh, Tom, missed you today, Tom. <laughs> he says it was rubbish today. Uh, no, he doesn't. He says it's brilliant. I'm only joking. Uh, thanks, Mick, for your kind words. If you can all like and share this, that would be absolutely brilliant. We'll have Tom and Chappers back with us on Monday. Thanks to all these guys, the sponsors as ever. And Lee would tell me at this point to make sure that I let you all know to follow us on socials. It's always at Leicester Fan TV, wherever you are watching. If you can like and share these videos, that would be brillant. Thanks to Jamie from the Foxes. Thanks to Keith Gillespie. Some great inside of views there from him. And thanks mostly for you guys for watching. My name's Phil. This is Leicester Fan TV. We'll see you soon.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.